Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this, and welcome to the show that is too tired to look up English or Spanish translations. <laughs> it's a black and white thing featuring A1 and A Ward. What's good, everybody? My name is A1, one half of the dynamic duo. Please remember, you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, searching for the show It's a Black and White Thing or Brands and Bars. Rate, review, subscribe, share. You can also are you are you hold, hold on wait are you are you trying to position the TV? No, I'm just getting underneath the light because I was feeling real like this is the darkness, you know. Yeah, you can also check out um, check us out on social media by going to at Brains and Bars on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Checking out the show there as well. We're more active on Twitter than any other site, so please follow us there. Um, and we are also live on YouTube where you can check out most episodes of the show. Uh, we go live at least once a week. So please rate, review, subscribe, comment, share, 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 hit the like button. We are appreciative. And as, as you can see, I don't do this show by myself. I got my guy, A Ward, in the building. What's good, sir? What up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Happy New Year, 2024. You made it. You made it to 2024 and you're like me. And you remember being in like middle school saying... Man, you think there will be a such thing as 2024? <laughs> you know, you start to feel a little old when these numbers just keep going up and up and up and up. And you're like, dang. But nah, man, it's uh, it's been a good two days thus far, I guess. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year, y'all. Appreciate y'all uh, locking in with us. Um, yeah, do everything he said to do. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And um, we're going to try and be a little bit more intentional uh, we say this every year, but we're going to be a little bit more intentional. Um, I, I feel like we did. We're a little better this year. We were a little yeah, better yeah. in 2023. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're like one of those one of those players that's like on his rookie contract final year. And it's like, all right, this year you, we need to show you all that we're worth, you know, the the next the next contract. All right. So so this is this is our this is our final year of our, our contract. We're going we're gonna to make some moves and, uh, and we're going to do some stuff. man. But it's good to have you guys for real. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um. Yeah, man, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Like, I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm just going to hit the share on my Twitter from the personal page. Got you. Got and then you. we uh, we can get it popping. All right, man. So um, let's get into it, man. This is going to be a college football heavy show tonight. Um, You know, had a lot. As you can see from the title, with so much drama in the CFP. You know can you saying? see my like, clap, man, defense? <laughs> yo, she better yes. have a steal. Yo, you better get a steal if you up there. <laughs> I had so much drama. <laughs> yeah, so um so yeah, you know, college football playoff games went down yesterday. Um like I said, drama field games. I don't know if ev- if both games were good. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But we and, and actually we can start now. Let's jump into uh Bama versus um Michigan. Um, Michigan prevails in overtime 27 20. Blake Corum runs, well, I think it was the first play from scrimmage, um, either first or second play, takes it in for a touchdown. Bama gets down to the three yard line, fourth down and, and goal. Um, the play gets blown up from jump, low snap. Jalen Miro can't get the momentum, the actual scientific use of the term momentum, to get himself propelled forward before being blown up by the interior of Michigan's line. And Michigan beats Bama in the Rose Bowl. Uh, so I want to start by asking this question. Do you think that was a good game yesterday? Oh, was it a good game? No. I don't think it was a good game. 
Um, I think it was a, it was it was a it was a solid game. It wasn't. I mean, because it was if those are two different names, if we're just like watching like Wisconsin and Texas A&M, we're changing the channel. Like those same plays, you know what I mean? Like because it's Bama, Michigan, and because it's for the college playoff, you know, to see who goes. That's why we stayed glued to the TV. So I don't think it was a good game. I think it's um I think that the 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 parallel universe is that Alabama always wants to be the center of attention and the center <laughs> that they have bars <laughs> gave them I, I i do i feel bad for that kid no but i'm pretty sure that there's a there's a feeling of that that center was just bad all game long all game long i mean look he, he he's not alone in that though because the entire offensive line yes was bad all first round game draft long. pick what uh the right tackle <laughs> that uh that Stewart basically bullied on that last play. Oh my goodness! But yeah, I mean, they were bad. Um, yeah, five-star offensive lineman, uh, freshman, and Caden Proctor did not have a good game. I think it's J.C. Latham um, struggled at times. Like it was everybody talk too about how Michigan was doing everything they needed to do to lose the game too. Like muff punts, muff uh, exchanges on extra points. Uh, the first play of the game, they're lucky that wasn't lucky. like like they. I know Michigan won, but like they did, they're not going. They're not going into this game the way I'm looking at Washington going into this game. I ain't gonna hold listen, <laughs> listen. And this is my thing. I don't understand what it is with Michigan when they get in this playoff where they just go, "How can we turn the sliders up and make this as tough?" a game as possible to win by just self-inflicted mistakes they did this in the tcu game last year they had what two three pick sixes or two scooping scores in yep. that game that helped tcu win that game the first like you said the first play from scrimmage and if caleb downs could keep his heel up but before he starts his jump bama would have the ball at about the 30 yard line to yep. start the game and i don't understand what um jj mccarthy was doing in that moment like Throw it to the fifth row. Why is it yeah. even in the vicinity yeah. of a player to be to be intercepted, especially when there was nothing there? And I want to say this. This is there has been a I want I just want to even start. I want to start right here. There's been a lot of talk I've seen on Twitter. One, I feel like uh, the part of the reason that football is king in this country is because we lie to ourselves about the game. I saw a bunch of great Rose Bowl, incredible game. No. The committee got it right. This is what we want. No, no, no. Can't, I'm sorry. Did we watch two separate games? Because yeah. all I saw were two teams that did not des- – if you want to talk about excellence, if you want to yeah. talk about great play, you didn't see that. No. You saw it in spurts, right? Mm-hmm. Bama has re- two really good drives. Otherwise, Michigan's defensive plan was – we don't believe your offensive line is built like that, and we don't believe Jalen Milrose built like that. Yeah. So we're going to blitz and run stunts and games all all game long on pass plays because we don't think you can pick it up, and we don't think your quarterback is poised enough to handle it. And they were right. Like, I do have to give Michigan credit for their defensive game plan. They're, they're the best defensive team in the country statistically, and they showed that last night. But that was just – Bama looked like they did against South Florida. Can we? Where for we also give credit to the offensive coordinator that we we heard the quote the day of the day before the uh, 
the uh, the game that told Jalen uh, Milrow, uh, yeah, you're not a quarterback. Can we give that offensive coordinator some some like? Listen, I was the first one to say after the Texas loss, Jalen Milrow is probably going to be benched. He's not going to end up playing quarterback. He he surprised me. He had some very very good games. You know what I mean? He's an he's obviously an athlete. Um, but I think you saw once again that like. From a from a throwing the ball standpoint, from a you know quarterback IQ standpoint, from a you know putting together drive standpoint, like he's not that guy. So I'm gonna now, give him a little credit. Heisman, I mean, after you beat Auburn, my guy, you beat Auburn, and you should have lost that game. You should have yeah. lost it. Let, let's let's keep it a stack. You should have lost that game too. And here's my thing: like Jalen Milrow has an opportunity right now. His trajectory to me mirrors Jalen Hurts. It mirrors Jalen Hurts in that Jalen was an excellent, like you said, a great athlete, someone that could use his legs well to to help the offense move down the field. But as a passer, he was not it. And again, if you watch his progression through the year, he did play better. But again, this is, I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying not to get ahead of myself and get to this point, so I want to save it. But when you look at this Bama team, and I think I don't know if you I don't know if you were with me when I did the show when I talked about this. I don't think you were. When you people keep talking about the SEC and Bama as and Georgia, well, historically these teams have been great in college football playoff games. The SEC has been dominant in the college, and I'm like, guys, unless we're talking about those historic players from those other teams on this one, none of that old stuff has any bearing on what we're watching now. Yeah, Bama was a good team all year, right? Like they weren't a great team. They beat a good team in Georgia, and I feel like sometimes we yeah, get caught in this. I don't, I don't know if there's not. There, it, are you are you just saying there's there's only one or two great teams in college football? There's no great teams in college football. To be okay, all right, all right, okay. Well, like I don't I don't think there's a great team in college football this year. Okay, I think there's a, a bunch of good teams who are, who are doing enough to win. Okay, right, you. Michigan is a good team that did enough to win because outside of those two drives, like I said, the one to tie the game and the one right after they went down seven, they were just, they, it was a bunch of three and outs, a bunch of one first down and punts, a couple of drives where they get in the field goal range. Right. But other than that, it was nothing. And yes, the defense has to get uh, some credit for that, but other, but other times it was, you know, listen, give J.J. McCarthy credit for making a great catch, getting the pass off on the oh, floor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but it's yes. it's them trying to run a, another. I'm not sorry. It wasn't the flea flicker. I'm sorry. It was a back, a, a lateral yeah, backers yeah. pass. Yeah. But then the flea flicker goes awry when, you know, the linebacker comes through the through the line so quick that um, I almost called him Connor Styles. I had his name on the brain <laughs> that Blake Corum can't get the ball back to McCarthy mm-hmm. fast enough. And so, again, yes, the defense deserves some credit. But they play the desperate. I mean, the, the, some of the play calling look desperate, like as if like they, they just didn't trust their ability to like put together drives without the trick plays and the, you know, the, this, but yeah, it was, it was, it was not, it was not a, it's not a great watch at all. At all, at all. And like I said, so, so I want to segue to this point. Florida State nope. could have done what nope. Bama did in that game. Nope. Let, let, let's, stop, let's stop beating around the bush. So after the, after the Florida game. State, Florida State put up six points against Louisville. 17. Same thing. 17. Bama put up 20. 
And guess what? Florida State did that with a third-string true freshman quarterback. That's who they were going to be playing against Michigan. No, they were not. They were not. Tate Rodemaker, if they were in the playoff, Tate Rodemaker would have played. He was not going to transfer. He was not going to transfer if they were in the playoff. If they were in the playoff, he would have been starting. You would have had Johnny Wilson. You would have had, um, dang, I can see his Keon Coleman, right? You would have had their full complement of players in the game, and you would have seen Florida State, who has a great defense as well. Now, Did that's he, one he thing. So he didn't announce his transfer before the selection? No, it was after. He announced it like maybe a week or two before the game, before that game against Georgia. Gotcha. Wait, so what? they would have – they oh, would have gotcha. before the game a week or two. They would have had their full complement of players. They would have been able to to hold down Michigan's offense the same way Bama would, was, and they probably because I to me Florida State has better skill position players. They probably would have put up more than twenty points, in my opinion. And their offensive line wouldn't have been so overmatched. Their offensive line would have held up against that blitz pressure and Rodermaker would have been able to do just enough to have the same outcome. Speculation. It uh, you I mean, I guess you could say that because I mean everybody's response to me is well, Michigan would have blew him out. Michigan didn't blow out yeah, either. No, yeah, Michigan. Like, so it would have been a similar game with less ratings. And that's the point. That's the point. We would have gotten a competitive game that would have looked a lot like what we saw yesterday yeah. and maybe Michigan prevails, maybe Florida state prevails, but Florida state earned their way into the playoff and nothing that transpired yesterday on that field changes my mind on that in any way they earned, And I get it. Some of the Florida state guys are chirping after the game. And I'm like, listen, guys, like, like, look, like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. Y'all opted out. Like, I don't not. Yeah. You get You get, you get a little leeway for me. Let, let guys like me carry that water. You yeah. guys, don't say anything, especially if you didn't play against Georgia. Right. Um, I understand why you don't play against Georgia, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold up. Matter of fact, let's just let's just segue to them and talk about Florida State against Georgia. I don't even know what the score was. It was like sixty, what sixty-three to three. Yeah. The final score. Yeah. All right. So they play against Georgia. Most of Georgia's team does not opt out. They choose to the play. They beat the ever. I mean. They beat the oh out of them. None of that. None of that chant. No, no chop. No nothing. They beat the feathers off off of the headdress, off the Seminoles. Um, in in I don't know what bowl game it was. I didn't even watch it. Like I, I, man, they not only did they did they really beat them badly. I mean, Georgia's second stringers were in by you know ten minutes to go in the third quarter, and they beat them badly. <laughs> Like the starters were up forty-two to three, and then the, the the backup backups beat them twenty-one to nothing in a quarter and a half. Like it, it was bad. Now to be to be fair to Florida State in this regard, I understand why you don't play. You feel like you were robbed. If you beat Georgia, it does nothing for you. If you were in a competitive game with Georgia, it does nothing for you. I don't know, because in Florida, they're known for throwing themselves a national championship parades without winning national championship trophies. Like, I mean, we saw we saw Central Florida do it. What if Florida State goes in and beats Georgia and then just throws themselves a parade? That makes them look even worse than how they already look now. Like that. Like you can't you can't you can't make this situation even better, any better. So there's no point of you winning the game, you know, and, and, and hurting yourself. And to be honest, this is not just the, Florida State is the the issue where it's most magnified. 
but I think you posted in one of the groups uh, that we're in about about bowl season has essentially become meaningless because of so many opt outs. And I, I have a I have a to me the the plan to fix it. But but what do you have any plans or any ideas on how you fix it? Because I've seen people say, well, once you go to 12 teams, then all the bowl games matter. I'm like, uh, no, not all. No, if you no. if you don't make the 12, matter. right, right. If you don't make the 12 team playoff, you're still going to have all these opt outs, all these kids choosing to enter the transfer portal, go to the draft or whatever. So, do you have any ideas or any way to try to fix the bowl system to make sure that all of the games are relevant to some, at least to the people to the fans who want to watch those teams play? Well, so here, here's the thing about it is. Um, you have to go to the reasoning of the opt-outs. So you have to find out why, why are players opting out? One, money. Rather, you know, I'm going into the NFL. I might be drafted. And those kind of opt-outs are probably never going to get fixed. The first-round guys, if they're not playing for a national championship, it almost makes sense. It doesn't matter. You know, now there's not a lot of those players, you know. Then you go to the second reason, and it's, transfer portal they're getting you know the transfer portal is obviously your announcements are coming before the bowl game so if you're transferring you're not playing you know so i think you have to really key in on the second option and you have to say hey you know like announcing these transfers before the bowl games you know i don't know if you push it back to a certain date after the bowl games or or what i don't know what the i don't know what the um leverage or the advantage is for kids to announce that they're transferring now is that the that's not the only time they can announce they can announce i mean Caden salter just announced today from liberty you know um, um, i'm pretty sure the kids who are playing late into like bowl season that that gets extended for them or maybe he already put his name in and he's just now announcing it but they did shrink the window i think it was 45 days and they shrunk it to 30 uh, let me so I think mostly mostly it comes with the announcement of that. Um, but I just don't and the, the other the way to remedy the first one is I guess to just pay the players that are in the bowl games. You know, pay the guys that play, and if they win, pay them more. And then you know, guys will look at it and say, "Yeah, all right, well, I don't want to opt out. I want to go make this ten twenty thousand dollars, you know, so I can buy my nice suit for the NFL draft, or you know, uh, rent out. You know what I mean, like." That's that's the only two options I think is the is the move that transfer portal, um, but I know signing day affects the transfer portal because you need to know who you got transferring in, so that you know signing day you know guys that are committing to you that way as well. So, so the transfer portal it was it I, uh, let's see does it say how it changed? It doesn't say it went from sixty to forty five in football. So basically from December 4th, whatever 45 days is from December 4th, you you had to announce your name. So that's why Caden Salter yeah, announced today, right? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that is the issue, right? Is, is you have early signing day in December. And like you said, some of these kids want to make sure that they have their spot locked in place before... Um, before you know they there's no more room yeah but i think you hit on two things that are important the first is money i do think the schools if you want florida state to play if you want keon coleman johnny wilson um jared verse maybe even tate rodemaker if you want these guys to play the schools need to be authorized not an nil 
not some sponsor, not some booster. The schools themselves need to say, hey, Johnny Wilson, or I'll, I'll go Keon Coleman because Keon Coleman is seen as a first round pick. Keon, here's $8 million. Right, because it can't just be well. Here's a hundred thousand. Like that's not that's not enough. Oh to yeah, we're not we're not handing out millions for them to play in ball games. I mean, because these ball games really don't matter for the record, bro. They don't matter for the record, but in terms of they're just for you, the fans and like bragging rights and like, hey, hey, I want I want a, a peach bowl. But it's the only way you're going to get guys like because I feel like Jalen. There were two injuries, and the one that sticks out because I'm a Notre Dame fan. But there was a second injury, that brutal injury that happened that same bowl season. Um, it's when my guy Jalen. I'm blank on his last name now. Who do you play for? Notre Dame. He tore his ACL against. Uh, yeah, I remember you talking about um, defensive player, right? Yeah, linebacker. He was sit- he was considered a top five, top yeah. ten. Smith, Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I would like it was a com- other common last names were popping in mind, yeah. and, it, and Smith was not popping up. But when he tore his ACL, I think there was another like brutal injury from a kid who had like first, second round potential. Happened that same bowl season. Then next season, you have Christian McCaffrey sits out. I want to say uh, maybe Leonard Fournette sits out that yeah. same bowl season, and it just kind of ballooned from there in terms of kids choosing not to play the game. But to me, that's the only way you're going to be able to get some of these first round draft pick guys, second and second round, maybe even third round guys to play is to say, Hey, okay. Here's, I'm, not, if you- I'm not opposed to those guys not playing. What I am opposed to is 29 opt outs or, you know, uh, or 10 starters, or, you know, you got three guys that entered the transfer portal, two guys opting out, you know, now you have a whole different team. You know what I mean? That's, that's the problem. You know, like, like I said, as many teams are in bowl season, how many bowls are there? There's probably, what, 20? I think there's 34. All right, so there's 34 bowls, 68 teams. You know, like, you're, yeah, sure, you're looking oh. at, you know. How many 43. Ah, oh, that's way too many bowls. First off, it's way too many bowl games. <laughs> um, but, like, um, so those 20 that we care about, you know, you're looking at, you know, a good amount of guys, a, a, probably a player per team maybe two players per team, then there's going to be like a first or second round choice. You know, it feels like it. Oh, that, I'm not mad at that. I wasn't mad at Joe Milton opting out. I was like, wow, that's a great opportunity for Nico to play. It doesn't count towards his red shirt. You know, you get the audition to see what it looks like for next year. You know, I wasn't mad about that. And so I am mad when I see like, ah, oh, well, we just played against a team that was missing all three defensive backs, two interior linemen, the quarterback on offense, their running back, and their starting wide receiver. And it's like, all right. Like, what are we doing now? You know, because <laughs> yeah. I was even talking to my dad about going to the game, you know, like going to see Tennessee, Iowa. And it's like, do you want to travel for an unknown or to see, you know, like you, you might go there and the team might just be trash because nobody wants to play. You know, like, I, don't I mean, I don't know how many people opted out for Iowa, but they're just trash, like in general, like with their starters, <laughs> at least they offensively. Didn't have, they didn't have very many opt outs, but they were still missing their injured. I guess he's a first round defensive back as a white guy. Uh, oh yeah, Cooper DeJohn. Oh yeah, yeah. he's he's leading the revolution. I, I never really watched him all year, but I seen him on the sidelines. And I was like, let me go check this guy out. Apparently, he's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's leading the revolution. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, Jason so. Seahorn is somewhere with a with a victory <laughs> cigar. Like we we back in style, baby. We yeah, back. Man. I even looked at him like, are you sure he's not a little mixed? But now nah, he's white. He's white. <laughs> he's white. White. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like. I, so like I said, to me, you got to play him. You got to pay them. Um, shout out to the homie Dre Senior. You know, he has his uh, his channel called Cut the Tech YouTube channel. 
And his slogan is don't pay me, play me, you know, cut the tech. But in this, you cut the check. Like you gotta, you gotta pay these guys. And to me, I think the other thing that you hit on, and this isn't an original, an unoriginal idea. It's don't play me, pay me. My bad, my bad. You're right, you're yeah. right. Don't right, play don't me, play sure. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got that backwards. Excuse me, excuse yeah. me. Pardon self, pardon self. Don't play me, pay me, cut the tag. Yeah. So um, the other thing is you got to move National Signing Day back to February. Yeah. You got to move National Signing Day back to February. Um, and I mean, and, why not? And I, These kids are still flipping every day. You know, and I mean, they, they don't know what they want on December. They're still not going to know what they want in February. It's okay. Just move it back. Man, it's it's I, so I say this as a Notre Dame fan. To me, the early signing day makes a lot of sense for a school like us, in part because one, even though NIL is becoming a bigger part of Notre Dame's brand, they're not they're using it in the traditional way, right? So I know um, Cardell Jones had a tweet about Miami after they lost to Rutgers about you know, man, like y'all chasing this bag to go to Miami to play in front of two thousand people um, <laughs> and, and lose like and play for the worst coaches in the country, the worst facilities in the country and play in front of 2000 people. I hope, I hope y'all enjoy that bag, but sometimes all money ain't good money. And I'm paraphrasing part of what he said, but that was the gist of his tweet. And so like, you know, you, there's a kid named Justin Scott um, who's from Chicago, like this is Notre Dame's backyard. And he, I don't understand why he even says this, but he's at the all American bowl. And he's like, yeah, I almost, I was going to sign with Notre Dame. And I'm like, but why didn't you, right? But he, he he committed to Ohio State, and then he flipped to Miami, and I'm pretty sure NIL was part of the reason why he flipped. Yeah. Um, because they're probably saying, you come here, we got a bag for you. Um, and so I think for schools like that, like the early signing day helps you, right? Because, and not just for Notre Dame, but every school, right? Every school is having to recruit these kids all the way up until the last minute. I mean, look, Notre Dame tried to flip Caleb Beasley for like seven months. Yeah. Right. Like they who he's a he's a ball commit. He's a cornerback committed to the Vols. They try for like seven months. Like, yo, you know, come for an official visit. Come for it. Right. He never he never wavered. So kudos to him. But like to be able to have to be able to stop having to play that game in December versus having to carry it for two months. I can understand why coaches wanted in December. But like I said, with that transfer portal. Yes. If you push it back to February, then, yeah, maybe take Ryder Maker still plays in the game. Maybe some of the other kids from uh, from Florida State, maybe they still play. Look, as a Notre Dame fan, I really didn't take any pleasure in watching them beat the tar out of an Oregon State yeah. team that didn't have that. You know, their head coach left, their first and second string quarterback left, running back, offensive line, like all these players, right, leave the program. And credit to Notre Dame, credit to Georgia, who Notre Dame lost like twenty players, um, but they still were able to keep most of their defense intact, which was the strength of their team. And then they have recruited well. So they have a bunch of kids who were staying or who were getting more playing time that were decent players. And so, you know, you end up beating the the tar out of Oregon and you feel, like you said, like you don't, it's not as fun as if DJ Uyunglele was still there and we beat them 48, 48 with their entire team. So now, yeah, man, you know, like the pressure now these days is completely I was completely off the kids when it comes to National Signing Day because, one, DJ Ongi, however you pronounce it. Anyway, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously he starts at Clemson. You know, he gets his year that he was supposed to be the guy. He goes to Oregon State. He's the guy. Now he's at Florida State. I don't know. He might win a starting job there. But I'm saying, like, back when oh, you he had started. To, yeah, back when you had to 
back when you had to announce that you were committing to a school, you were committing to them for four years. And if you weren't committing to them for four years, you were committing to them for two and you were losing a year, you know? And so now it's just like, my uncle wants me to go to Florida. My mama wants me to go here. You know what, uh, if that don't work out, I'll be at Florida next year. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's really like, it, it, it's not that big of a decision anymore on the initial school that you choose to go to. Um, man, so I went and looked this up. And I don't have the numbers in front of me because I don't I have to pull up my other laptop. But I looked I looked at Notre Dame's classes. Right. Because I think you put out a tweet during National Signing Day that it has lost its relevance. So I wanted to see, like, just how much like how many kids I think I started in 2018 through uh, Marcus Freeman's last class in 23 to see just what percentage of kids are leaving from these classes. Right. And so my hypothesis was 30 percent. Right. That was my hypothesis. Like less than 30 percent of these classes are, are turning. The roster's turning over. I'm not counting kids who were graduate who grad transfer out. I mean, kids who leave before they get their degree. Yeah. Right. And I think if I remember correctly, starting from 2018, which is the bridging the gap from Brian Kelly to Freeman. The numbers were white, I think, right at 34 percent, 35 percent of the classes. So I think there was like 131 kids and 50 or 40 or 50 something of those left it before getting their degree from Notre Dame. And, and the thing about Notre Dame is it's like, because they're such an academic focus. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's a, that's a different type of, you know, you can still graduate in three years. Like if you start going to school, if you start, if you are an early enrollee, depending on how you carry your classes, you can graduate in three years uh, from Notre Dame. So, I mean, like, but under Marcus Freeman, that numbers really dropped the last two years. And so I think, Part of it is the culture you build. I think part of it's the culture you build. Obviously, playing time is going to have to do a part yeah. of it, right? Like if you part of the reason Tate Rodemaker left is because he Florida State has was recruiting heavily in the portal for a quarterback that they knew was going to start over him, and so he wanted an now, opportunity. Jordan Travis is just going to be injured, right? Is that it? Is he just going to register? No, he's he's he's, he's his eligibility's done, so he's oh. going to the draft, right? And some team he'll probably be a fourth or fifth round pick, and they'll yeah. let him, you know, rehab. Um, but hooker it. I, you know, shout out, shout out to my aunt. Monk says the portal is hurting college football. They need a better plan on how to use it. Like I said, I think if you push the portal back to February and push national signing day back to February, to me, that allows a lot of these kids to play in these bowl games because it allows them to get more tape, right? Like a Tate Rodemaker who played, um, the end of, I forget, I don't know if it's the Boston college game where he gets hurt. I don't think it's Boston college. I think it was a later game, but whatever game Travis gets hurt, then he plays the Florida game. He suffers a concussion in that game and doesn't play again for Florida State. Yeah. So if he could put, if he, you know, could have put one more game on tape against Georgia, who had most of the guys, like to me, if he plays well, that's a plus for him. Yeah, that's, that's it's an audition, man. It's an audition, really. Um, you know, live game situation. You know, like yeah, uh, with, with with Nico, I was I was like, man, I get to see Nico play. He gets to start, but I also get to see Nico against Iowa's defense. You know, like that's that's going to be a, one of the better defenses he sees outside of, you know, a hand, a, a three or four teams on next year's schedule, you know. And so yeah. it, it's kind of like, yo, it, depending on who you're playing, you know, this is a, it's a good it's a good thing. Shout out to JC. JC said, do you think NIL has a bit to do with it, too, knowing the money will always be there no matter where athletes commit to? I mean, it depends on who you are. 
right? Like I the the bag isn't there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like the majority of these kids who are in entering the portal are not entering the portal because there's a bag of money waiting for no, them at their next destination. Time, yeah. It's playing time. It's knowing that they got kids that they're coming in that are going to be playing over you. Like yeah. they, They're chacing an opportunity, whether it be at another Power 4 conference yeah. school or whether it be down a level, Division 2, whatever, right? Guys are it chasing also might be a small percentage, but it might be some guys that they rock with that are underclassmen that are being committing to schools and they want to go play with them. And there's yep. no penalty for that, you know, like, you know, oh, one of my best friends was a junior on my team last, you know, when I was a senior or a sophomore. Oh, now he's going there. Boom, I want to go play with my dog, you know? Yeah. And I personally, I don't have a problem with the portal in part because you ele- coaches don't have to sit yeah. out of here. Coaches get to I, move I however they want. Yeah. They get to do, they get to move as many times as they please. And they get to leave these kids who I get it. People tell you to commit to a school, not to a coach. But these guys are committing to these coaches because they built bonds and relationships with them. I also think that a lot of these guys that are entering the transfer portal are entering because they want to, but are also being told, maybe you should look at transfer portal options, <laughs> you know, by coaches. <laughs> and so and what we do is we throw it all on the guys that are just going, but I'm like, you know, maybe coaches are like, Hey, you know, like you, you might get 12 snaps in this bowl game if you want to, but. Uh, if you want to go ahead and declare for the draft or if you want to hit the portal, you know, we ain't going to be mad at you either. <laughs> Look, man, Deion Sanders tried to deny it. He tried and I, I, to me. It was a, it was a crazy lie to put out there. But his introduction to the Colorado team, he told them to go jump in the portal. I mean, yeah. he lived like I, I to me it was a it's it's we're in this place in society where people can get on the Internet and say things and then turn around and go. Oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, it's, like, it's right there, my guy. Bro, like, bro, in 4K, bro literally got it, filmed it and put it out for the world to see and said, I, I'm coming and I got my bag. I got Louis. I got the, my bags coming with me and they're Louie. So go ahead and jump in the portal. Then turned around and said, well, oh, them kids, them kids jump ship. They quit. I'm like, come on, bro. Come on. Dog. Like, don't don't do that. Um, But but yeah, but I, to me, those are the two ways to fix it. Um, So. Now I want to let's segue. Let's segue to that. My uncle said he didn't watch any of the bowl games until yesterday. I know the ratings were terrible. Um, it so here's the thing: degenerates are going to keep bowl ratings afloat. <laughs> People gambling on Syracuse well, not versus only that. It's like, bro, we love football, man. We do, we do. True, you know? true. Like but as I love bowl games more than we do the XFL and the, in the Canadian Football League. Like the bowl games are, you know what I mean? And let's be honest. The pop tart, come on, man! I, the pop tart. If you do it right, if you do it, the pop tart bowl. I did not watch the game, but I mean, the pop tart bowl, at least from a social media standpoint, it got a lot of publicity because of you know, at the end of the game, you get to eat this pop tart. I mean, look, the cheese it bowl. Yeah, right. The little the little cheese it mascot the running around talking mayo about. Bowl. We love seeing the coach get drenched oh, in mayonnaise. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, no, yes. no, we don't. No, we. That's the. Oh god, and they just go over the top. People, I see people squirt mayo in their uh, mouth. Oh, yeah. oh god, no, no, no. But yeah, the the pop tart bowl, dude. Like you know, I mean, like great, great advertising. The the cheese it bowl saying I am not edible. Um, yeah. and I I, I favorited a tweet from uh, Spencer Hall from uh, he has Channel Six his his little Substack, and he's like, uh, I'll be the judge of that muchacho about him not being edible. So. You know, I mean, I I think if you market them right, I do think if you have interesting matchups, people will watch. And 
there's nothing we love like a crazy college football game. Like, I know there was one game where a team was up 28 nothing. They ended up losing like 38-35. So, I mean, like, when you have those types of things happening, people will tune in because, like you said, I think there is something about college football that draws in the, the, the degenerate gambler, the casual viewer, and, and it that will always exist. Something I want to add. Um, there are a group of colleges who still believe they are um, elite, right? Like elite college football teams. My, my, my mm-hmm. college included, Florida State included, right? So the thought of them in a Duke's Mayo Bowl is a failure, right? Like even like, like from a fan standpoint and from just a, a feeling like, you know what I mean? But there are teams out there like, like Kansas, like South Florida, like whatever. And it's like, yo, getting to a bowl, whether it's for a, a, a championship or the, the, you know, the January 1st bowl or not, is a huge success, you know? And so that's, that's, what, that's why it's like these bowl games, like there are some they're, – they're, they're necessary for some teams because it's like, yo, this is our opportunity, you know, to, to, to reward us for, for, for playing pretty well at times this year, you know? And it's like yeah. I understand Florida State saying this is a dud. You know, but, you know, if that same Kansas, if that was Kansas or Central Florida, you know what I mean? Um, or somebody that didn't get in at 13 and 0, you know, them playing Georgia in the Peach Bowl would be a, hey, yo, we playing Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Let's go play. Florida State's like, nah, we're Florida State. We should have got in. F that, you know? Yeah. And I do think, like you said, sometimes when you see some of these matchups, so KU played UNL- UNLV. Yeah. And both of those teams had really, one, had really good seasons for mm-hmm. them. And two, whoever won was snapping like a really long bowl draft. And it was a good right? game. And so, and it was, it was a good game. game. High yeah. scoring, good game. And so, like, like I said, you will always find people that are going to tune into bowl games for storylines like that or good branding. Um, and so, yeah, so this comment from JC that Dion press conference is like the one SpongeBob episode where that dude replaced Miss Puff in boating school. Leave my classroom if you are not man enough. I'm going to have to go watch that episode. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, so you know, again, I think both seasons always gonna be fun to watch. Um, I just hope they can find a way to entice schools to keep or entice the players to play in the game. And to me, like I said, the only way you can do that, push that portal back and pay those top guys at least a million, at least depending on who you are, a million to a cup. Like Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels is not gonna play in that game. But can you ask schools to pay it though? But don't you think like Cheez Its could afford it? Like Cheez Its could be like, hey, Marvin Harrison Jr., we need you playing in this game. How about this? How about they go Dutch? But here's <laughs> the other thing though. What do you pay him? And then he goes in there and, and he and he, he he gives you half effort. Or he or he's not there on the field for every snap. You know, like then you have to ask yourself, like, yo, am I paying you to play or am I paying you just to be there and 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 for the team to think you're gonna play, you know? Um, so I'll say this. I think that at the kids have not developed that type of mentality yet. Okay, I ain't mad at that. I think I think if you throw them a bag like that, especially if it's something like I said, like if you throw Grant, I'm gonna throw this 10 million dollar figure again. If you say, yo, Keon, here's 10 million. Yeah, right. So that way if something happens to you and your draft stock hits, you at least got that 10 million on top of whatever draft insurance you have right because these guys who are playing now um these guys who are playing now are having these these draft 
stock guarantees. Jalen Smith had one where if he wasn't a first round or if he wasn't a first round draft pick, I believe he was able to cash in like I think it was like eight or nine million dollars. So again, I think to me that's how you fix it. That's how you fix it, in my opinion. And yo, let's JC, segue, man, let's, let's let's segue to the best performance from a team in a bowl game thus oh far. My gosh. I got to bring you one of my bears. Oh yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah, we're there, JC. Yeah, yeah let's do it. We want fields. We want fields. <laughs> I mean, so I, we're gonna jump to that in just a second. But first of all. Notre Dame was dominant, right? I know you want to talk about, about Tennessee. That's true. I mean, they were dominant. You were dominant. They played one of the worst, probably the worst offense in, in the modern history of college football. And we played one of the best defenses. <laughs> but you're going to get so many opportunities because they can't score. I think they I think I they say this. How many weeks did they make sure the under was hit? I want to say it was like nine weeks in a row. Iowa has kept the same energy all year because the it, the over-under was 36 and a half. If Iowa had scored at all, the over would have hit. <laughs> They're like, wow. you know what? We're gonna we're gonna let Tennessee get the 35, and we're not we're not gonna give anything to this over. That but is what I'm say is this backup quarterback, third string running back, backup wide receivers. Two backup defensive backs. Like we had, we were missing, I think, six starters, you know? 35 nothing on the other end. So Florida State, I get it. You're missing a lot of guys. But other teams were doing the same thing and came out True. there and competed. But I don't think Florida State, I, I think it's an issue of depth, though. Like I don't think Florida, to me, Florida State was a top heavy team, right? Obviously, the committee felt that as well. They were a top heavy team. And once you start to strip the them committee down, was apart, right. I think, right. They were, they were a top heavy team. I don't think that I don't think the committee I think still think the committee did wrong by them. Mm-hmm. But again, I think they were a top heavy team. And once you start to take away all of their offensive talent, you go back to the kid who got he's got to be scarred for life because um, Louisville was not a terrible defense. But then you go face Georgia and that's got to be no fun uh, when you when you are a first. This is your second time starting in big boy college football. So I didn't pay attention. What did Louisville do in their bowl game? They lost. They did. Um, yeah, but I don't know how many. I didn't. I don't know who opted out, who played in their bowl game. So I, I mean, again, I didn't watch that game. I just know they lost, though. I think Tennessee scored. Yep, they did, didn't they? The most points Iowa gave up all year. Oh, they lost to USC. Who Louisville did? Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, that kid went. I think that kid threw six touchdown passes. Yeah, Miller Moss. The most points. Scored all year on Iowa with our backup quarterback, third stream running back, backup receivers, even Michigan. Michigan beat them. Tw- so the three teams that Iowa played that actually have any actually that are actually good. Penn State beat them thirty-one nothing. Michigan beat them twenty-six nothing, and Tennessee beat them thirty-five nothing. <laughs> they didn't even score against a ranked team, bro. All I year just, long. I don't understand how you can. Like, it's not like Brian they're not Ferentz trying. Brian set that team back. <laughs> but, that, but they fired Brian Ferris like eight weeks ago. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's deeper than rap with that. Like, I don't know. I just don't understand how you could be that inept. I All just, right. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right, but let's let's jump into this other college football playoff game, man. Um, Washington versus Texas. Um, God, did that game start late. Um, man. 
I fell asleep. I didn't even I didn't even know Texas got the ball back. I woke up to the, um, to the final drive because oh, I just okay. I couldn't I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't stay up. Um, yep. So 35 was 35 31. Mm-hmm. 35 31 final. Um, kind of crazy how that game, you know, basically Texas gets the ball back because 37 um, 31. But yeah, 37 31. Thank you. Yep. 30, 37 31. Texas gets the ball back in part because uh, Washington's running back gets injured, stops the clock. That gets them the ball back. They're able to march down the field, got down into the red zone, but could not finish. Really good game, really fun game. Um, Texas, I don't know. Like, to me, Michael Penix and Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan and Rome Odunze, they're just – I forget the name. I know the kid's last name is Johnson who plays running back for him. They're just, they're just really hard to stop. I they're really – I don't know if it was during the game or after the game. It was like he was 19 for 20 throwing the ball to those three receivers for like 300 and something yards. It's like, bro, like that's like shooting free throws. <laughs> like that's just like every time he threw the ball, it's like, what? And then the Westover kid, the little tight end, he was kind of nice too. You know, he made some made a few good catches and stuff. And I'm just like, my goodness. And a, I put it in there. That man puts the ball on the money. On the bro, even the one that got tipped. I don't know if it was. I think it was Jalen Polk, where like he throws the pass. Yeah, and tipped it and like, it Malik Muhammad made a great play. Like he's in position. He did yeah. everything but tip it. And I mean, he just misses misses tipping the ball, tipped up in the air. Polk ca- and even that was just a great throw. It's just Polk didn't catch it cleanly the first time. Yep. I. Washington has, at least from a Vegas standpoint, to me, they defy the odds in some of their biggest games. They were underdogs both times against Oregon. They were underdogs in this game. They're underdogs against Michigan. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, I I get it. Michigan's defense is really good. And this is going to be the best defense that Washington has played. Um, Oregon, I looked at it today. I think Oregon has a top 30 um, in terms of total defense uh, statistics. Michigan is number one. But I, to me, Michigan, if they're going to go into this game and think they're going to be able to muff punts and throw terrible interceptions oh. and not move the football, they are going to be in for a long night. All they need to do is look at this, 430 yards and two touchdowns. That's what that man threw for. Like, it was nothing. And it's, it's just they're so efficient. Man, like, they're so efficient. Like, they are – I think I saw somebody put – a tweet out that said something to the effect of, man, what would the Chiefs records be if they had those wide receivers? Yeah, I, know, right? <laughs> I like, haven't seen, I didn't realize in watching Michael Penix, he's literally a pocket passer. Like he don't, he don't really get out and do that. You know what I mean? He ran to me, that game is the most he's run all season. It yeah. kind of reminded me of uh, CJ Stroud versus Georgia. The knock on C.J. Stroud was C.J. Stroud is a statue in the pocket. He does not really move around. He doesn't run at all. And in that game, he ran ran for yardage. I don't think they had any any design runs, but he scrambled when he needed to. He moved around in the pocket when he needed to. And in that game, I don't know if I tweeted it or said it in one of the groups we're in. I'm like, to me, C.J. Stroud cemented himself as the number one pick that game against Georgia because he showed you Hey, I can move around. I can yeah. do this. 
And to me, he's shown it in the, in the in his first year in the NFL. Yeah, and I but, think that I think Penix is going to have to use his legs against that Michigan front four. Like I think you know, I mean, I still think he's going to be able to stand back there and throw the ball, but he's going to have to get first downs with his legs too. True, and I think, but to me, one of the things that Penix does well, to me, on par like a Drake May, even though he's he doesn't have quite the stature, is he maneuvers the pocket well, okay. right? Like he he sees the rush well, he can maneuver well, and still and still find find his targets. And this is, to me, this is the difference between Washington and Michigan. And I'm taking, you can tell me who you got, but I'm taking uh, Washington to win this yeah, game. Yeah, I'm taking Washington too. Yeah, just I mean, based off the two games that I watched and based off like, I mean, even even like the Iowa win is not was not impressive for me from Michigan standpoint. Um, you know, the Ohio State game is always going to be impressive. It's Ohio State. I don't care what you say. That's an impressive win. You know what I mean? Facts. But I just – I think Washington has been – I mean, they've played Oregon twice. They've played Texas. They've played – they've played, a, to me, a better schedule. A be, you know, they've played in, in games that they were – they had that adversity or whatever. And I think that, like, you're going to have to put – you're going to have to get 31 at least to beat Washington. Because I, I agree. They, I think they're putting up 28, 27, 28 at least on Michigan's defense. And to me – to me, the reason why I think they win is because – Washington has pros at, at wide receiver. It's going to be a touchdowns for field goals type game. It's going to be like, yo, yeah, they, they scoring touchdowns. Now, score I'll, touchdowns too. I'll give. I'll say this: Michigan should they should have more success than they've had in a while because Washington's defense is not uh, is not as good as Ohio State or Bama or Texas or Georgia's. Right, so they're going to be able. They should have success moving the ball. Can J.J. McCarthy make good decisions with the ball? Can he protect the ball and not throw in insanely foolish passes that get picked yeah. off or almost picked off? I mean, can their special teams, which almost lost them? Bro, my heart stopped when oh he oh tried to God. field that punt Woo. at like the at what like the two yard line. Yeah, and I'm just like, son, I forget what the saying is. If it's if it's uh, ten and in, let it in, or so I forget yeah. what the what the what the saying is. Yeah, you but put like the heels on a ten, I know that. Yeah, much. like what are you doing? Like um, the only way you touch that ball is if you're Desmond Howard. If no. your name is not Desmond Howard, do not catch that punt. And then he goes and it bounces in the end zone. Anyway, Washington. I mean, I'm sorry, Michigan. If you shoot yourself in the foot like that, if you give Washington extra possessions, short That's fields. Weird. Yeah. They're they're going to make you pay. I get it. Your defense is amazing. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I don't know if I'm laughing at the pause or the illest naysayer alive. <laughs> I am laughing at the illest naysayer alive for sure. Um, but yeah, but like like if if. You allow them extra opportunities. That's that's yes, that's your tell, Mr. Postman. They're going to score touchdowns. And so I do, I don't like I said, I'm taking Washington. I'm taking Washington. You got Washington. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Who y'all got in this game? Washington or, or and Michigan. If we're being honest, it's just much better for the college football community to hear the Washington fans talk about their national championship rather than the Michigan Wolverine fans. I mean, listen, as a Notre Dame fan, I would prefer for them to have their hearts broken and, <laughs> yeah. and 
in the in the most dramatic fashion possible. And it's really tough having a good friend with Jesse be such yeah, a yeah, yeah, he's it's such a good guy. I man. love my I love my guy to death, but I I could care less to have unless for some reason we're just rewriting history and Michigan's going to win the national championship because the last time they played for one was in 97 and then next year Tennessee wins the national championship because the last time they played for one was 98 in the 99 you know so maybe maybe we're working that we're working our way there yeah we'll see we'll see yeah. we'll see but but yeah man I just I just can't see it I can't see it so y'all let us know what y'all think man who y'all got Washington Michigan I got Washington. Ward has Washington. Who y'all got? I throw a poll up on on at Brains and Bars on Twitter. Um, shout out to my pops in the building. Um, yo, so let's jump into this NFL real quick, and we can we can get up out of here. So um, let's just start with Saturday night, Dallas, Detroit. Let's just go ahead. We, we can skip the game. Was the game was what it was? Yeah. Who's at fault? Is it the lineman? The referees at fault. The referee's at fault. The referee's at fault for this reason. I mean, from what I've read, the Lions prepped the referees ahead of the game and said, yo, this is this is a play that, you know, is in our repertoire that will possibly come into this game, right? Yeah. Right, this is, okay. Two, the clock was stopped. That's one of the biggest things for me. The clock was stopped. You're not grabbing the ball, running over here, trying to do three or four different things. You know, you got players that are walking up to you to report. It is your job to be intentional about seeing who's reporting. And three, from what I understand, the guy that reported was not the guy that was called out, you know what I mean, to report. It's his fault. It's just a, it's the referee's fault, Period. Now, there's so many other plays and so many other, like, well, the formations or the this or the tripping on the play before, whatever. That's that's football regardless. But if we talk about that one play, it's the referee's fault. He got, he got it wrong. So do you fault Dan Campbell for not kicking the field goal after that? Yes, on a seven-yard line, most definitely. But after the, after the offsides, I'm, 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 I'm like, if I've already doubled down. I'm not, I'm not going back. To, I, I, I'm, I'm cool with the first one. I'm cool with the first one. The first one, we're going for it. We got our play. On a seven-yard line, nah, bro. Nah, it ain't like y'all got about 38 points on that board right now. It ain't like y'all just been y'all just been throwing it in there. You know what I mean? It can't be stopped. You know, you still – nah, I'm kicking that field. So, so basically what uh, Dan Campbell did was he was playing blackjack. He was sitting on the king and a three, and he said, hit me. Then he got a four. He was sitting yeah. on 17. And he said, hit me again. He got an ace. And then he got an ace. <laughs> he said, hit me again. It's just like, come on. Like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you sitting on 18. Like, stop. Yeah. Stop. Um, yeah, I mean, the, to me, the ref was on autopilot. The 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 70, I can't think of it. All, all I know the match is numbers now. 70 and 68. 68. Yeah. 70 had checked in as an eligible lineman several times during that game. You saw him running in. He assumed that that was what was happening. And it's kind of weird. Like, he's obviously, you have two people in your face that are talking. I didn't know to that. You. 70 had checked in, but he's interior lineman. So, why is he checking in as an eligible? Because, because he's checking in as, a, as an eligible lineman, right? So, he's checked in just as an option, right? So, you have to have to pay attention to him. Um, yeah, yeah. So, he had done it. I think that he had ref, I think I heard that he had ref other games with him. And so, like, the ref, refs watch tape. 
So they see him check in as an, an eligible lineman all the, like throughout the season. So he sees him run in. Decker, Taylor Decker. Thank you, Iller. I know you said Tyler. I know what you meant, though. Taylor Decker, 68. I don't know 70's name, so we're just going to call him 70. But he has checked in throughout the season as an eligible lineman. So he sees him run in. He's thinking, oh, that's what's happening. Refusing to pay attention to the two guys in his face who's trying to get his attention, which to yeah. me is just wild, just off, off rip. Like, like, and I, I've seen the NFL try to make this the fault of the Lions for, for trying to run deception. But I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Illy. Skipper was 70. I've seen them try to try to run this game of, well, it's there. They should have made sure that they were clear. And I'm like, well, dang, should he had to chase them down and go, hey, 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 yeah. hey, eligible, eligible, eligible. And I'm just like, bro, like, I, I don't just, like that because from what I from what I gather, 70 didn't even say a word. No. Like, how much more clear can it be that the guy said, I'm, the, you know, I'm checking in like that's clear. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so it cracks me up because the league, I guess. It was reported today that they sent out a memo to all the teams on how to properly report yourself. Zero accountability, man. Zero accountability. (laughs) And so I'm like, I'm like, or, and so to me, you know what this reeks of? So I work in middle management. I would be, it would be 20 years for me in middle management, right? This year. And what that reeks of is that. When a mistake happens and you screwed up and you know you screwed up and people are mad and they're upset and they want to know, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to fix this situation? And you turn around and you say to them, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to sit down with my team. I'm going to discuss what happened. And we're going to step by step implement a program and a process to make sure that something like this never happens again. Without saying I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, because I'm a good guy, I apologize when we screw up. Right. So we apologize. We apologize. But yeah, we we and and honestly, in some cases, not in every case, some of the the process is simply like, hey, guys, come on. Come on. You got to be better than this. Right. Like, don't do nothing stupid like that again. All right. Right. So you're telling people one thing. You're behind the scenes. You're having a different conversation. I'm not trying to hear this Campbell confuse the Cowboys and the rest. It's the ref's job to get clarity. If he was unsure about who was checking in, it's his job to get clarity. Yes, they were trying to deceive them. That's the whole point. You're, they were yeah. trying to play this little elaborate shell game. They weren't trying to deceive the refs, though. They were trying to deceive the Cowboys. Right, right. They said, and they, I, they literally was like, yo, we're going to, three of us are going to be over here. I'm going to tell you who it is, you know? If, like, that's what I said, if Skipper or Panay Sewell or whatever was talking and they were all, you know, whatever, and it's just like, no, they're just over there. They're just over there. Like that's that's who. Yep. Anyway, yeah. So I blame that on the refs. I really would love for a a round two in the playoffs, Cowboys versus Lions. It's like the I feel like the, whenever you throw in like the uh like the backup running back to be the uh the, the guy on the punt team, all of a sudden, you know, and this is like you know he just sneakily like slides in there. It's like yo, I'm trying to deceive the defense. I don't want them to know that this fake punt is about to come. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. You know, like deception is a is a strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, man. No, I, shout out to the Huskies. Shout out to your Huskies, man. That's yeah, shout it. out to your Huskies. Get your bars up. I mean, again, no Cowboys hate. Like, I don't listen. Although I'll say this. Let me say this about the Cowboys. Hey, Mike McCarthy, you got to tighten up, my boy. What you did, that should not have even been an opportunity for the Lions to even be in a position to 
run a two point conversion because you ran yeah. three straight passing plays three with no regard for running the ball like none i'm like bro you're acting as if you're down three and not winning the game and i told you i said yo the cowboys can win the super bowl this year yeah. if i was jerry jones i would fire mike mccarthy as the confetti was falling just off of that right because this is clock management has been a recurring issue for the cowboys and that is a reflection of your head coach it was a reflection of your head coach. And for you to run those plays, those three passing plays, back to back to back, with no regard for the clock, I can't trust you. I can't trust you. Um, yeah, the prevent defense didn't help, but they shouldn't have they should have been under a minute left on the clock by the time the Detroit Lions got the ball. Not a minute and like 40 Ooh, seconds. Yeah. Like it was that was that was terrible. That was terrible. Um, all right, let's jump to some other quick stories before we, we can get out of here from the NFL. Um Lamar Jackson sold up MVP. Yes. Yeah. And weird because three weeks ago he was like maybe fifth for me, but you know, it is a week to week type type thing, you know, um, especially when you're, when there was not anybody like it was, it was kind of like Tua, Dak, Brock, McCaffrey, you know, Lamar. Like it, It's kind of like how your team's playing and how you're playing. And if you can string two performances together against the Niners and the Dolphins, like he just did, like, Man, he, I mean, they could sit him out this this week, you know, like which they might. I, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I would say maybe a quarter, maybe a quarter. I mean, yeah, because they're, they're playing out the Steelers, right? Playing the Steelers, and the Steelers yes. need to win and get in, you know. So it's like it's it's that weird, you know. Do you even want us? Do you want anybody from your division in? You've they've already seen you twice, you know, type stuff. You might have to match up with them again. Uh, yeah. All right, um, Philly, one and done in the playoffs. Man, uh, yeah, one and done means win one and then done. Oh, okay. I, I, I might have. I, I guess what I mean when I say one and done is they lose in a wild card round. Very one game. Yeah. And that's I, don't, it. I don't mean they're losing to the Cardinals right now, you know, and that, that's what three straight losses, right? Like it's cool. We can go what the Cowboys they lost to, and the who? Um, they lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Cardinals. Um, they beat the Giants in between that, right? So they lost oh, two of the yeah. last three. I think three of the last four. Okay. And then if we go back to five, they squeaked out the win against the Bills, right? In overtime. Got the, yep, squeaked out the win against – I mean, they had that stretch where they were just basically winning games by the hairs of their chinny-chin-chin. So, actually, I lied. Let me let me walk that back. So, they lost to the 49ers, lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Seahawks, squeaked by the Eagles, lost to the Cardinals. So, four of their last – Yeah, true five or three of yeah four of the last five are, are l's okay yeah but no i mean they've given me no reason to think that you know they can go in there and beat um um yeah i think they'll beat tampa I'm not gonna lie i need to beat tampa if they're playing against the bucks are they locked in um the eagles locked into their seed i think so i think so because they're, they're 11 and five yeah, I got. I got to look at the standards real quick. I think they're eleven and five. So, although if the Cowboys should lose, I think they play the Commanders. Um, they and the Eagles win. I think the Eagles might go back to first place. Oh yeah, man, East. get those teams out. I didn't even realize the Commanders were making playoffs. That's yeah, they're trash too. Well, I mean, they're not making the playoffs, right? But I mean, I'm just saying, like, oh, I thought you meant they were playing them in the first round. No, 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 no. I think that would get Tampa in the first round because I think they're locked in as the five. Again, assuming they win, they're yeah. locked in as the five seed. I think they're locked in regardless because I want to say that all the teams below them have like seven wins. 
Yeah. Um, I I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see the Buccaneers beating them. I don't see the Buccaneers beating them. At my remember, that was a they were a hail mary away from winning that game. Yeah, they played um, on. I think it was Monday Night Football. Man, so Buccaneers that was had everything to play for you. You know, this Sunday it got smoked by the Saints at home. I mean, there's not a lot of teams going into the playoffs like the Ravens and like the 49ers right now, which even the 49ers losing to the Ravens. But it's still like you still kind of got the feeling that they got it together. But it's like, yeah, yeah. So Eagles 11 and five. They're locked in as a five seed again. Cowboys win. They win the division. Cowboys lose. Eagles win. The Eagles win the division. So they still have something to play for in theory, except um, that the Eagles play on Sunday and the Cowboys play Saturday night. Right. Is that right? No. Do the Cowboys have a third game in a row? No, Saturday night. I was thinking about the, the Lions game. That was Saturday night. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, 325 game for the Cowboys. Gotcha. Okay. Eagles play win at night. Yeah. No, they both play at 325, huh? Yep, they both play at the same time. Yep, yep. So there'll be some scoreboard watching. So I think Philly – Man, I think uh, Get Your Bars Up said that he thinks they'll beat Tampa in Tampa. I'm going to say they edge it. Um, yeah, I think they beat Tampa, yeah. Listen, Sydney, I hope you're right. This says Niners will beat the Ravens if they meet up in the Super Bowl. I hope you are right, sir. I think that's pretty much everybody's Super Bowl right now. That's you know Most people are going to say Niners-Ravens. I, I mean, I think they're the two best teams, although I am concerned about the Niners playing the NFC North team. They went one and three against the NFC North. Yeah, Their worst performances well. of the season were against – the Browns and the Ravens. Although I'll say this for the 49ers, the 49ers moved the ball successfully against the, the Ravens. They just had bad luck on turnovers. Yeah. Especially the second and third one. They I don't see four more interceptions, you know, in that game. You know, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, no. So, um, Hey Kyle, I think we already said this once. Do not play a single. All I want to see are twos and threes. All, of All I want is like like we playing at the court, like we playing pickup basketball, twos and threes. Chiefs are locked in. I don't know how many um, any snaps that Mahomes and Kelsey's get, um, but I would argue that they need them, right? Like, I mean, I would argue that you know offensive chemistry and everything is still not there. So what? What? Why don't we go in here and put forty two on it or try to on the Chargers and and feel a certain way about us clicking? Man, MVS, you run with the twos. Everybody else, you can have a seat. I mean, you need to run with the twos in the XFL. <laughs> listen, listen, we feeding, we feeding MVS. Look, you and Blaine Gabber in practice, go routes all game long. We we feed, we we force feeding you the ball, my boy, because you got to catch one of these. And let me yeah. tell you something. Listen, I'm a nonviolent man, but I would have tried to put pause on him. If he really was after he dropped that pass, that would have gotten them a first down at the end of the half, and he's doing like this, or I would he wouldn't even made it to the sideline. I would, I would. What's up? What's what? What's up? What's up? What? I would have been ready for him. Like, cuz, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> These Chiefs receivers need all. I mean, not all. I, Rasheed Rice can listen. Rasheed Rice can have a seat. You you've earned you've earned your rest, young man. You can have a seat. McCole, Scott Moore's on IR, so he's not going to be out there. Tony's hurt. What, what else James. is there? Richie James. Richie James, MVS. Get, yeah, yeah, get them snaps Watson. up. Watson, they need them all. Listen, get your bars up. I am concerned that the Rams can't beat the Niners. Although, and and the prob- my concern with that is the, the Niners have beaten them like eight times in a row, and at some point you're going to lose a game. 
So yeah. that's that's my concern with the with the 49ers having to potentially play the Rams in the playoffs. Um, let me see what any other storylines we need to follow. Who you got? Bills or Bills or Dolphins? They play Sunday night, final game of the season. I got the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Man, they would get the two seed if that happens. They have to win. They cannot lose. They have to win. Buffalo would end up with the two seed. Yep, because they would own the tiebreaker over the Dolphins. No, they're they winning win the division. division. Yeah, but they then win the division and get the two seed. There's not another AFC team. Damn. Nope. Chiefs, right. Chiefs tricked it off. Chiefs had a chance, but they they couldn't get. They lost they all those totally games. That they tricked off the two seed. Yep. Yep. Um. Any other interesting storylines from this week? We talked earlier about the Texans and the uh and the Jaguars is a is a win and get winner in. go home. Winner yep. go home. Um, so whoever wins that game will make it into the playoffs, assuming there isn't a tie. Then all these other doomsday scenarios come in about spin around two times and try to hit a ba- try to hit a wiffle ball and run the, run around the bases and all that stuff coming to play if they end up in the tie. Um, oh, hold on. Speaking of JC, I want to ask you this. I think you you mentioned this. Bears wrapped up the number one pick. Do you take Justin Fields, or do you keep Justin Fields and, and draft Caleb Williams or Drake May? I like Justin Fields. I've never not liked Justin Fields. Going into this year, I thought he was going to have one of those years. Now, the first handful of games, he had some injuries, different things like that. But the last four games, he's been playing very, very well. Um, and Justin Fields just happened to be my quarterback in the fantasy football championship that I won this past weekend. So there's 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 a part of me is just like, hey, you know, oh. I, I, I appreciate you, Justin Fields. Like, I appreciate you. But I'm not even mad that I beat who I beat because he won this other league for so much more money. I felt like he should have just gave me all the money in the in in, in the first place. <laughs> he's rich, man. He's rich. He won. He won. He won the other leagues, man. Oh man. Um. Yeah, bro. Listen, I could have went three and zero. A couple of decisions on starting people on on starting the right. If I would have started George Pickens, I beat you in that championship yeah. and I win that bread. Um. Here's a good question. Do you think Jim Hart was leaving Michigan? Yes. I think so, too. I think, I, Listen, he I on the first gone. thing smoking. smoking. It's so, yeah. whether, whether the confetti's falling for him, or whether he's having a somber conversation in his locker room, I'm pretty sure, hey, hey, y'all, hey, listen, hey, listen y'all go ahead, head back to Ann Arbor. I got I to gotta take care of some. I got to highlight some people real quick. He needs to – the Chargers need – I don't know what Bill Belichick's doing, but the charge it's going to be Harbaugh and Bill Belichick. It needs to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he's out of there. I mean, he he hired Don Yee, who's an NFL agent. He didn't hire him to help him negotiate another contract with Michigan. Like you said, how uh, how many NFL openings do you think there will be? Um, hold on one second. Let me look. Let me look. The Raiders, obviously, which I, I would like for them to bring Pierce back, but I, I don't know that they will. Um, the Chargers and Raiders. Who else do we have interim? Do we have any interim coaches anywhere else? Uh, no, I think, I think the bears are going to keep Eberflus. I think Arthur Smith is out of here. I think Arthur oh, Smith oh, yeah. is out of here. Smith, Falcons. Yeah. Yep. Pause real quick. That's not a good, bad job. Good riddance. Yeah, like, yeah. listen, I saw somebody say something good about, <laughs> I saw a mock draft. I saw a mock draft that said, um, that they would draft like Malik neighbors. And I said, if they draft, Another skill player with Arthur Smith as the head coach. I am boycotting the NFL because I cannot stand for that man. That man is collecting diamonds. He's collecting rings. 
And he goes, look, 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 look at this. He takes this ring right here. He goes, man, I like this ring. This ring is nice. Let me go throw this in a junk drawer. About, what am I going to wear this ring for? He's wasting people's time, man. Robert Vera's out of here. Um, so he's going to be gone. Although I don't know if I would want that job. I know Iller said there's going to be six openings. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So Panthers, Panthers, <laughs> Falcons, hopefully. Um, oh, Panthers. I forgot. I, I'm assuming New England, Raiders, Chargers. Yeah. And New England got a second pick, right? Yes. They have the second overall pick right now. So if Harbaugh goes there, does he take him McCarthy? No, no. Second the, overall? The, uh, no, 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 no. The um, Commanders. Commanders have the second overall pick. Let me double. Yeah. Let me see. Could you see, yes. him, could you see him drafting McCarthy? Who? Harbaugh. If he went and got a top three pick. You almost made me say something. I, he just said McCarthy's say. the greatest Michigan quarterback of all time. Nah, you you almost made me say something. My son would have got on me, got on me for saying, "Um, no, absolutely not, not over no Drake May or Caleb Williams. He shouldn't take him over Michael Penix. He might not shouldn't take him over um the young man from Bo Nix." Yeah, true. Yeah, not over. Like, like, bro, Jaden Dan. Like, should I keep going? The quarterbacks that he should not be drafted over. Should I keep it going? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Tomlin's not getting fired, bro. Mike Tomlin is probably going to make the playoffs, and Never you're wrong. not going to yes. fire a coach. No, who, who again is never years in a row. That man got Mason Rudolph out here balling. <laughs> listen, listen. What? Let me say this as I had as we head out the door and close the show. By the way, I am the creator of the backup quarterback theory, right? Which simply says that if you have average talent across your team, your roster setup, the most important position is the backup quarterback. But please, people, do not be fooled. Everybody's not going to be Brock Purdy, right? Everybody's Josh Dobbs was a flavor of the month. Mason Rudolph is a flavor of the month. Joe Flacco's had his time in the light again. Um, who else? I mean, there's been quarterbacks all across the league who have had a couple of hot weeks as a, from, from a backup perspective. P.J. Walker had a couple of hot moments. Listen, listen. Backup quarterbacks are good for two to three games, maybe four. After that, they're going to fall off because Shout they're backup for reasons. Shout out to Josh. <laughs> he was Rocket Man, and that ba- and then all of a sudden he that bad baby Apollo. What's that? What's that ship? <laughs> Apollo <laughs> is Apollo. Apollo Eleven. Apollo Nine. I think yeah. it's Apollo Nine. Yeah, like it was all bad after that. You hey, the Vikings, saying? y'all some haters. The Vikings are some haters, man. He he was on his way to maybe getting a little contract, you know, a little, a little you know, backup, nice little fifteen mil. And they set him down like, ah, nah, bro, let's stick to this yeah. four. Stick to this four million you might get, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Oh, for what? For two other backups of the same exact. Oh God, Jaron Hall did. Oh man, they're the oh, same. They're, they're all three the same. Oh. <laughs> Ain't no way that Mike Tomlin's resigning. If he's resigning, he's resigning to go to another job. And the, yeah. and the Pittsburgh's not letting him walk without trading him to another team and getting some compensation. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. But yeah. But. Backup quarterbacks, listen, they're going to be good. They're not They're not anything to write home about for a full exactly. season, unless they happen to be Brock Purdy or Tom Brady. I'm not putting equating those two at all, so please don't try to run with that. Yeah, um, anyway, quarterbacks. yes, I think they're that's it on storylines. Let me make sure we got all the storylines because we're at the I one. I got five one. minutes. Yep. Hey, listen, I'm at, I'm at the end of my battery, too, because my wife made steak for dinner and I'm hungry. So, Let's go. I'll be over there in a few.
<laughs> um, I think that's it on storylines for the NFL going into this weekend. Um, once again, let us know who y'all got. Washington, I almost said Miami, Michigan, national title game. Hit us up at Bains, Brains and Bars on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, until next time, it's been a black and white thing. We appreciate everybody in the comments. Appreciate y'all wa- rocking with us. I'll have this posted in audio version on podcast forum tomorrow. I have up the college football segment probably mid-morning, NFL probably later on in the afternoon. So I'll chop that up. Um, once next again, week we'll please- do our NFL playoffs. We'll do our predictions next week. Super Bowl yeah. Oh, I'm trying to get um trying to we might have to talk after the show because I'm trying to get um big country. I'm calling big country, but country boy from uh the Chiefs yeah. uh the Kingdom Pass. Kingdom so I'm trying to get him on the show to talk about the Chiefs yeah. season. I got some questions lined up for him because me and him have had some good conversation about the state of the wide receiver room with the Chiefs yeah. and about the state of the Chiefs as a whole. So I want to get him on to reflect on the season that was talk about the playoffs. So we try to set that up for next week. Um, until next time, it's been the black and white thing again. Yep, sorry, my fault. Sorry, my, my brain is <laughs> brain is moving. Um, you can check out every episode of, of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, searching for It's a Black and White Thing or Brains and Bars. Please rate, review, subscribe, share. Same thing for YouTube at Brains and Bars. Rate, comment, subscribe, and again, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Brains and Bars. Good night, y'all. Take it easy. Not bro. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>